Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR on this May the 18th. It's Wednesday. Again, we appreciate you listening each and every day to American Family Radio. Hope you'll stay. Hope you stay with us throughout the throughout the day. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. Uh, so, Ed, Ed, uh, he's out. I don't know. Is he out for the rest of the See here Friday, Brent. We know yes, Ed's schedule. He's out today and tomorrow. He'll be here tomorrow, uh, Friday. Friday, okay. I just uh, asked this morning. Said, "Where's Ed at the office?" You know. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, he's taking a couple of vacation days." And I said, "Well, that's highly unusual. He usually saves his vacation days so he can uh, miss the whole month of December." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's usually Fred's. He likes those extended that's usually weekends. Ed's schedule. Yes. Huh? We understand he's doing manual labor. Is that like a yard work? He, he told me. What he said he yeah. told me yesterday he's doing yard work. But you know, said? yes, that's yes. Ed. But you yeah. know, he's just a yard machine. Yes, huh? Probably planting flowers be. and beautification. He that's loves right. to mow. That's right. Yeah, I, I've learned that mow. about him. He he loves to mow the yard. Hey, there is some therapeutic value to lawn mowing, huh? Yeah. Where I you enjoy it. Just leave your cell phone on the patio. Go ahead. Not that I do this anymore. My wife does this, but she wants to. And who am I to deny her there her joy go. of uh-huh. two hours of, of uninterrupted <laughs> mowing? Huh? It's time. So, uh, so, so Ed's that people want to know where is Ed? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the reason Ed's not here. He's taking care of his lawn. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, if you want to join us on, if Ed were here, what he would call affectionately that very internet. You can go to YouTube or Facebook and just type in Today's Issues. Type in Today's Issues, and you can watch the show there. We live video stream our program. All right, Chris Woodward, what's in the news? Well, uh, kind of a lot of follow-ups to the uh, primary situations. A number of states had primaries yesterday. Uh, The two most talked about were Pennsylvania and North Carolina. I'll get to North Carolina here in just a bit, but as far as Pennsylvania goes... Um, the situation between Dr. Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick, uh, that appears to be going into overtime. Oz and McCormick are two of the Republicans running to be uh, senator for the state of Pennsylvania. Whoever wins this is going to go up against John Fetterman, which has been the uh, lieutenant governor for Pennsylvania for many months now. Uh, and it appears to be uh, a kind of a deadlock, too close to call situation, as we often hear about. Oz, of course, got the endorsement of Donald Trump. Uh, but McCormick does have a fan base. Kathy Barnett uh, actually was a close third. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she she had a good uh, she had a good run there uh, to try to uh, defeat these two individuals. So, long story short, we don't know who's going to win uh, as of yet between Oz and McCormick. Uh, but a lot of people seem to think that Trump's endorsement of Oz will eventually put him over the top. I have a bit of audio here. Uh, this is Outkick founder Clay Travis this morning on Fox and Friends saying Trump's endorsements right now are huge. Clip one. Donald Trump's endorsement's the most important thing in the Republican Party primary, and there's not a close second. And you can look particularly when there are these multi-candidate fields 
and there's a real Donnybrook uh, brewing in terms of who's going to be able to win. Look at Ohio, for instance, which we just saw. I don't think there's any doubt at all that the endorsement of J.D. Vance by Donald Trump gave J.D. Vance that nomination and likely, given the fact he's going up against Tim Ryan, is going to put J.D. Vance into the Senate. In other words, without that endorsement, J.D. Vance is not the senator from Ohio. If Dr. Oz manages to hang on to this tiny lead, then he is going to be the nominee for the Republicans in Pennsylvania and be favored to beat Fetterman because of Donald Trump. Yeah, yesterday I, I was uh, looking at some of the reporting this morning across the country yesterday in the various primaries, Trump endorsed a total of 27 candidates and out of the 27, 23 that he endorsed won their primaries. Now in Pennsylvania, of course, we're talking about the Republican senatorial primary. That yes. was a big, that was a, that was a big thing that mm -hmm. uh, political, uh, observers were watching mm -hmm. around the country that was the big story this is too close to call yet yes so they're going to have to have a um a recount true yeah what's going to happen yes what triggers a recount in pennsylvania if it is if the difference between two candidates is less than 0 0.5 mm -hmm. uh and right now it's like 0 0.2 between the two of them then there'll be a recount at some point. So we may not know for several days, bottom line. It's McCormick and... Um, Oz. What's Oz's last name? That's his last name. That's but his Matt last... is his first name. Okay, his last name is O-Z. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So it's Oz and McCormick, and the winner will move on to November. Yes. Correct. As we said before, <clears throat> there is no runoff between the top two vote getters mm -hmm. um now the uh third place went to barnett barnett yep. seemingly came out of nowhere to get as far right. as she did she rose up in the polls mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks but evidently it's not going to be enough votes to carry her forward yeah, yeah there's a few percentage uh between her and mccormick yeah i think uh oz and mccormick had just over four hundred thousand each I think Kathy Barnett got three hundred thousand plus mm -hmm. uh, in hers, uh, so it was all very close. Well, it was a good night for the Republicans on turnout. They had a hundred thousand more people voting this primary than the last primary in the in the state, and uh, so they're very encouraged by that. Democrats, on the other hand, did not come even close to having nine hundred, or actually it was over a million uh, that turned out for the. Republican primary. So they had a very good night. They're very pleased with that turnout. They say that it shows that the Republicans, there's more enthusiasm among Republican voters than Democrat. This is uh, the Republicans need this Senate seat to hold. Yes. Because Pat Toomey is a retiring Republican from Correct. Pennsylvania. Thus, this seat is open. So it's critical for the Republicans if they want to maintain a 50 50 or even take take a, a slight uh, advantage in the U.S. Senate after November's elections that they maintain mm. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a purple state. Yeah. It's, 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 it's it, is. it can go statewide. It can go either way, Republican or Democrat. Yeah. So uh, we will see what I, so probably be a couple, a few days maybe mm -hmm. before uh, we know the 
results there. What else happened, Chris? Well, uh, Doug Mastriano, uh, that was the guy Trump backed for governor, and he soundly defeated his uh, competitors for the GOP nomination for governor. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting race uh, because you have the Trump-endorsed uh, gubernatorial candidate. He's going up against a guy named Josh Shapiro. Shapiro is the attorney general for Pennsylvania. Uh, he's been in that position for a long time now. He's the only Democrat seeking uh, the position of governor. Uh, so you're going to have a Trump candidate going up against a familiar face and name there in Josh Shapiro. Pennsylvania, I really think, is a state for everybody to watch to kind of get a feel on where things might go with the midterm election, but also 2024. The reason I say that is because Pennsylvania is the birthplace of one Joe Biden. You got a lot of blue collar, you got a lot of white collar, particularly in the Philadelphia area, although the GOP claims to be making huge inroads there to try to get more Republicans in the Delaware Valley area, which is Philadelphia. Uh, so I think it's very interesting. Um, the governor that's currently in power, Tom Wolf, a Democrat, he's a two-termer. He's at the end of his second term, and he just put them in a cap-and-trade energy policy scheme, which virtually everybody on the center-right hates. Uh, so we'll see where Pennsylvanians are on these issues. Uh, they're not just picking, you know, a governor or some kind of senator. Yes. There's a lot going on there. One thing you said there had nothing to do with politics that caught my attention, which I'm going to press you on okay. right now. You used the term Delaware Valley? Yes. Chris, do you know where the Delaware Valley is, or did you just throw that out there? No, that's Philadelphia is in what is called the Delaware Valley, right there on the Delaware Valley River. Are you buying this, Delaware Fred? River. Yeah. You know, do you know this, Fred? Yeah, mm -hmm. Chris is pretty sharp. I'm not, I'm not questioning your integrity, right. Chris. I'm just <laughs> Delaware Valley for a Mississippi boy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I read a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Philadelphia right. sits. I know the where the Ohio River. Valley is. I know where the Missouri Valley is. And I know where, you know, the Delta of Mississippi and Arkansas is. But uh, to know where the Delaware Valley is, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you need to give that guy a raise, Fred. And a cheesesteak. <laughs> All right. So uh, now that was in Pennsylvania. You said North Carolina. What happened? Uh, Madison Cawthorn, yeah. uh, the, uh, was he a, 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 a freshman? Yes, he was. Uh, Cong Congressman, Republican, mm -hmm. in the mid-20s, right? What is yeah, he? he was one of the youngest, if not uh, the youngest person in Congress. Uh, he, sure. he lost in a primary? He did. Uh, he lost to a guy named Chuck Edwards. I'm not familiar with Chuck Edwards. Um, but uh, actually, you had a senator there endorse Chuck Edwards instead of Madison Cawthorn ahead of yesterday's primary. So that was kind of a... But Trump endorsed Cawthorn yes. just in the last few days, mm -hmm. that he deserved another chance. Hawthorne got caught up in some some of the things he said and did. A lot of uh, pictures have come around and uh, articles quoting him as saying this or that about um, improprieties going on in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Well, so, so he lost, but it's probably still going to be a Republican seat. It's a Republican district. It is. So he, they're just going to switch people yeah but a lot of media outlets most of which don't like donald trump are going to make a a big deal out of how trump backed this guy who was a troubled candidate no, i think people i think cawthorn would have won had he not had the issues come up over the last couple sure. of months mm -hmm. um a cup i thought some of it was unfair but that's the nature of the beast mm -hmm. politics um so uh the but the republicans will hold that that seat in November, because it's a Republican district. All right, was that basically what? What else? Everything else went as kind of expected. Not much to watch, right? There's one other interesting feature in all of this. Uh, we talked about how 
Trump's endorsement is sought mightily by Republican candidates because Trump is still extremely popular. Yeah. I'm not aware of any Democrat that invited Joe Biden to come and, and campaign with him. I don't understand that. Oh, Fred, you Biden, do. Biden, Biden is, is so popular. That's why he had time to go to Buffalo, because he wasn't going to campaign for anybody. Yeah, he's, you know, when you've got sub-40 approval ratings, uh, yeah. you're, just, you're just not going to be asked to go out and uh, campaign for, uh, for folks, because you're uh, unpopular, and that's going to remind people of the economic uh, stagnation slash malaise that we're experiencing right now in our country, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, the candidates don't want to be have that hung around their neck while they're trying to encourage people to vote for them. On the Democrat side, I'm talking about. You know, it's got to be kind of embarrassing if no one's picking up the phone and calling and saying, can you arrange for the president to come and campaign for me? It's got to be, yeah. gotta be kind of embarrassing. Did everybody always talks about how Biden, well, a lot of people have shared the opinion that Biden is the you know return of Jimmy Carter and stuff like that. Well, I, I was That was before my time. Did Carter go through this where in like 78 nobody wanted him to come and campaign? Or? Yeah, he was in pretty bad shape popularity-wise too. Uh, well, you had the economy was bad. You also had the Iranian hostage yeah, situation. Yeah, it was bad. So, yeah, he was persona non grata, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with Biden too, there's always at risk that he's going to get there and and forget the name of the person he's there to endorse. Where uh, am I? Huh? He called Gresham I mean, Woodward I mean, let's not forget, during the presidential campaign, he rarely, you know, left Delaware. He went out here and there a little bit. He, he, so From he, his basement. Huh? Yeah, he yeah. campaigned from the basement. Yeah, so uh, now what about uh, any other big primary? Are there, are there primary uh, dates upcoming? Oh, yeah. Next, a lot of them, next, right? Next Tuesday. Right. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, a big one? Georgia. Georgia, okay. Oh, yeah. That's interesting because you got uh, the Brian Kemp situation there. Yes. Uh, sitting governor. Yes. Challenged by former Senator Purdue. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. But that, Kemp's, Kemp's had a healthy lead over there. I've been watching. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 that'll be interesting, too, because uh, Trump is not a fan of Kemp. He likes Purdue. Uh, but Purdue. Kemp had COVID policies that kind of helped them get through. They reopened earlier uh, than other states. Some people liked that. So we'll see. Uh, where well, Republicans uh, and Democrats, too, they don't typically throw out an incumbent governor uh, unless in a primary. Right. Unless it's some, like with Cawthorn. Right. It's got to be Carolina, That's something scandal-ridden. Mm -hmm. And from what I've been able to see, uh, Kemp, the current governor, despite the fact that President Trump doesn't like him at all. Has a has held held a healthy yeah uh, lead there. Well, and one of the big things in Georgia is going to be the endorsement uh, by Trump of Herschel Walker uh, for the Senate. Yes, Senate Herschel race Walker. There. Yeah, the greatest so, college running back in the history. Yeah, of the country. Interesting in, thing in there opinion. with uh with Walker is that he has been now polls are polls. Uh, you can get a poll result however you ask the question, who you ask, when you ask, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so take a poll for what you want. But uh, Walker has been leading um, Warnock in several head-to-head -head polls, assuming, of course, that the, Walker the does Democrat get the Democrat senator. Mm -hmm. The freshman Democrat senator in a special election. Yes. So that's a seat that Republicans could take back in November um, 
it, it, that would not that that's a that's that would not be a surprise if right. the Republicans took back the seat. Warnock number. is currently in Loeffler's uh, seat. Kelly Loeffler was the one that Warnock let me, defeated. Let me let me just give the big picture here of what's what what's uh, what's likely to happen in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Chuck Todd was it Chuck Todd or yeah Chuck Todd I think the NBC guy. NBC. Mm-hmm. political analyst and he was talking about as it stands right now the democrats are set to take a quote shellacking <laughs> in and he's a liberal mm-hmm. uh in november but what's likely to happen is uh more than likely to happen the republicans uh, take back the house of representatives after november nancy pelosi retires to her uh, four thousand dollar refrigerator with her hundred dollar ice cream cartons mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, or I guess or they were looking at property. The Pelosi's were in Florida, which I thought was funny. Yes. Uh, they supposed to Florida's supposed to be the worst place for liberals now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of DeSantis and anyway, so that's. That's probably what's going to happen. What's going to happen, and if they, if the Democrats do get a quote shellacking, then you're going to see the uh, House move to maybe a twenty vote, twenty to twenty five vote margin. Who knows, in favor of the Republicans. But as I've said uh, astutely uh, before, in all humility, that all it takes is the Republicans to win by one. Mm-hmm. And if the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives and send Nancy Pelosi back to San Francisco, and all it takes is a, is a margin of one, and all the chairmanships mm-hmm. for all the committees in the House of Representatives flips. Yep. And you're going to see... Uh, you're going to see some some big time news come out because what's going to happen, the Republicans are going to start investigating these scandals and, and it's going to be a big deal. I don't know if it'll lead to impeachment or not, but there's going to be some, there's going to be some things that are going to be in the news that are going to be investigated that are not being now, namely did Joe Biden make a lot of money off his son while he was vice president or senator, but vice mm-hmm. president in particular, when his son Hunter Biden went around the world brokering all kind of business deals mm-hmm. on his dad's name and uh, and arranging meetings for people to meet with his dad while he was vice president, this is not rumor. This is all in these emails that have been documented by even the Washington Post and the New York Times. That's right. Uber liberal uh, newspapers. It took them a year. Um, so that's that's going to be a big deal. Yes, a big big deal. If in fact uh, Joe Biden is the quote big guy that's mentioned in the email and taking money from from Chinese businesses, while listen, I don't want to get I don't want to spend the whole time on this, but listen, Hunter Biden is on Air Force Two with his dad. Going to China, and while his dad is over there talking diplomacy with China, mm-hmm. Hunter Biden's talking business with the Chinese companies. 
Yes. So, again, uh, the uh, laptop from Hades mm-hmm. with all these emails mm-hmm. uh, that have been uh, authenticated. Yes. This is not made up. This is not Russian disinformation like the uh, deep state and others wanted to argue at first, wanted to say this looks like Russian disinformation right before the election, you remember? So anyway, I digress, which is again is rare for me, but I'll just say this. Republicans are going to, they're going to also get on the border uh, investigations Yep. and find out what's ha- what happened there uh, and what is happening there. I know this sounds far-fetched, but I wouldn't be surprised if Biden didn't resign after November because of his failing um, mental state. And we all know what I'm talking about here. I'm not making fun of dementia, if that's what he, in fact, has uh, officially. Whatever you want to call it, we all see he's uh, aging. So you could couple that with uh, having to answer for Hunter Biden and and maybe even being uh, under under an impeachment type situation if it's fa- if it if it's learned that he made that President Biden then Vice President Biden made money personally off Hunter Biden's business deals that's right the ethics of that let alone the 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 potential lawful problems. But that it, it just it would be it's going to be a huge huge headache mm-hmm. uh, for for Joe Biden. So that uh, and his the fact that he can't do anything legislatively, the Republicans would then control the House and potentially the Senate. It just shuts down anything. He's not doing anything now legislatively because he doesn't have the numbers and because he's so unpopular and the economy's tanking. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't resign after November. Uh, I, I don't know if that uh, leaves you with Kamala Harris as VP uh, taking. I mean, it would mm-hmm. theoretically, yeah. but I, Democrats don't want her nope. being their uh, front runner in in 2024. So back to the Georgia race for just a minute. The Senate race, if the if the, the Republicans could take back the Senate. Mm-hmm. It's 50-50 now. If they take back the Senate 52-48, for example, after November, then that's going to shut down a lot of uh, Biden's uh, radical judicial appointments, mm-hmm. which I hope that's what happens, um, including potential Supreme Court justices. I mean, it's, Fred, it, it just looks uh, – there, there's no, there's no uh, silver lining right now for the Democratic Party. Absolutely not. They've got nothing of interest to the American people to campaign on. You've got the economy is in a mess. Uh, gasoline hit another. Uh, actually, it's hit a record high. Regular was at four fifty eight. I'll look it up. No, you can go out here. If you go out here in the corner and look at the convenience store mm-hmm. uh, numbers, ga- gas prices. Yeah. You can you can watch you can watch them change in real time. Oh yeah, over and and uh, like an hour or so, it's changed here. And I know people are experiencing this around the country. It's changed here, where we live in Northeast Mississippi, uh, up like twenty cents in three days. Oh yeah, to yep. what is four twenty four thirty? What is it? Well, uh, the national average is four fifty six. In yeah. the state of Mississippi, it is four sixteen. 
But 456 is But that's a, up substantially. It's an, all, it's an all-time record for regular gas. It is. Yeah. See, we're not we're not lasting everything. <laughs> Miss, At, Mississippi. Three we're, days we're, ago, we're, uh, three got, days ago, three good, states had got, below four average. We got good gas, gas prices, relatively speaking. I filled my tank for $3.84 a gallon just a week ago. Here. Oh, wow. But 450 nationally? 460? Yeah, 456. And that'll be more tomorrow. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Stay with us. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family, And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. From Pettis County, Missouri, comes a story of a modern-day Good Samaritan. Marine veteran Zach Walton is a creature of habit, but the other day he felt compelled to take another route home. He was driving along the H Highway when he witnessed a violent crash. The driver of a pickup truck lost control, went over an embankment, and landed in a creek. Zach rushed to the scene, found the driver trapped inside, water flooding the compartment. So Zach jumped into the water and held the driver's head above the rising water line. Sheriff Brad Anders says it was nothing short of a miracle the driver survived. During a special ceremony at the sheriff's department, he introduced the injured motorist to his guardian angel. The sheriff honored Zach for his courage and empathy, a good Samaritan on a highway who had mercy on a wayfaring stranger. And as the good Lord told us, go and do likewise. I'm Todd Starnes. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Psalm 14, verse 2. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Fred, and Chris, we thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, Just to put a wrap on our political observations on the campaign for the fall, um, and it, and a lot of people will be watching the uh, Georgia senatorial primary next week uh, to see, and the gubernatorial primary uh, next week. But uh, guys, the situation for the Democrats on the national scene is terrible uh, because they're pro- they're going to lose the House in November. Nancy Pelosi's gone. Mm-hmm. She's out. Steny Hoyer, who I think is the number two guy from Maryland, he's about 80 himself. Looks like to me he'll probably be out. Uh, and then the Senate. And then with Biden. I mean, and who do they have? What what stars on the horizon do they have that aren't far-left wackos? Tell me. Name me two. You know, the Excuse only person me. they have that's acceptable – even to right now to independence is Mansion. Mansion has been their one. Oh, but they hate him. He's oh, not going to. Oh, the yeah, left. I does. agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but I don't think he. But the left and the Democrat, the Democrat, they hate him. Oh, absolutely. So he's not going. But who who else can you think is can is going to be their rising star to take them forward? Uh, well, no. Who's no, going to emerge? Well, nobody is. Nobody is saying. Wait a minute. Maybe we should do something about this economy. I mean, what what is Joe Biden going to run on? What what can what can Democrats celebrate right now as they're going out to try to get votes? Infrastructure. Well, my, my thing is too. What are the, what issues are they going to run on? But also, who's going to run on them? I mean, yeah. I just I don't see AOC. I mean that. She's going to start getting more attention, but uh, her and her and her ilk. But they're they're not. Well, you you see what the squad did the other day. What they introduced a resolution in the House to declare that the uh, creation of Israel in forty in nineteen forty eight was a catastrophe. No, there's a winner. There's a winning. A Democrat issue. was president. Are you serious? Then. They entered the yeah. squad. The squad. That's about six or seven of those. Uh, Rashida Tlaib and all communi- communists. Yeah. Yes. So introduce they, a resolution. Oh my goodness gracious! To declare that the creation of Israel in 1948 was a catastrophe. Well, anyway, I I, I just don't see. Uh, I'm I'm willing to acknowledge that there are up and coming Democrat stars that to take them into the future, but I don't see them right now. I don't know. I don't know who they're counting on to be their torchbearer. All right. Well, joining us right now is Abe Hamilton, Abraham Hamilton the third also known as Abe, to us here. He's general counsel for us here at our ministry at AFA and AFR, and he is also heard each afternoon on the Hamilton Corner with his own radio program from 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time. Uh, Good morning, Abe. Good morning. All right, you tell me, Abe. You got got one or two names to to watch out for (laughs) for the uh, Democrats to uh, when when the Biden-Pelosi, you know, that – that group of Democrats retire after November or, or become ineffective? Well, I, I don't have names who I think are good candidates, but I, I do think they're going to continue to try to prop up Stacey Abrams. 
Um, and I think you're going to see more of an effort to try to prop up um, the guy from Georgia, not War- Warnock, but the other one, Ossoff. Mm-hmm. Ossoff. I think you're going to see more um, efforts to uh, prop them up, namely because they're going to regard Ossoff as a um, a Democrat U.S. senator who is from a red state. And to utilize yeah. his uh, professed appeal in red state Georgia to try to export that to the national stage. And then because they simply uh, just love Stacey Abrams, I think you're going to continue to do that because she has made herself um, somewhat of a powerhouse in terms of her ground game and cultivating support in Georgia to help with the continued push to try to turn Georgia blue. I'm not saying they'll be effective in that, but I think you're going to see more uh, attention from the De- Democrat Party focused in those areas with those yeah. two people in particular. What about uh, Beto O'Rourke in Texas? Who? <laughs> Isn't that his name? What's his name? Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> no, that's his name. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I, I think I think Beto went a bit too far. Now, let's be clear. The Democrat Party is as far left as Beto's assertions have been, but they 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 are ideologically demented, but they are not. Uh, politically ignorant so i think they realized beto o'rourke went too far too fast for most of the american people uh whereas ossoff and and abrams haven't said as extreme things yeah. publicly policy-wise as beto have said even though they agree with beto 100 percent. well none of those people are ready for prime time in my view uh i think you know, we, 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 but I did ask you for names, and you did give me names, so we'll watch and see. What do you think, Fred? Well, we were just talking, Abe, uh, before we went to you about, you know, what are the Democrats going to run on? Well, Biden has tried to introduce the ultra-maga thing. I, I, it turns out they've been focusing this, and they think this is a winner for them this fall. Do you mean, pa- you to, mean paint- to label them? Ultra-maga li- is supposed to be equal terrible, our, our, according to the Democrats? They're all little Donald Trumps. Everybody that's running are all little ultra Donald Ultra-maga. Ultra-maga. Not just MAGA, but ultra-maga. Ultra-maga. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's they're a, going- That's also a makeup, by the way. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you guys know that. I, I just don't <laughs> see it, Abe. If That's all you got to... They know they can't go with the economy, gas prices, food prices, everything else. A baby uh, food shortage. A baby, baby food baby, yeah. shortage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they think Ultra Mega is, is going to win them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't have any, any issues. The, no. uh, <laughs> have you want to describe it, the election or the theft or the irregularities, have you want to describe it, of 2020 wasn't based on any issues either. It was just not, I'm not Trump. And so the, the best thing that they have in terms of their attempt to have popular appeal is to continue to try to make uh, Trump the boogeyman. And so the whole deal about Ultra MAGA is to once again to try to recast all of their political opponents of as being identical to former President Trump because they think that is their best shot because they don't have any substantive issues to run on. They really don't. I mean, they, they really do not. There, there are no policy prerogatives that are uh, Democrat- platform items that are attractive to the American people. I mean, many yeah. of their own party didn't agree with a lot of their policy prerogatives, but they trade nowadays as a Democrat party on emotions, feelings, and perceptions of being uh, the more compassionate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is not true, but that's what they trade on. And so there aren't any substantive issue items for them to run on. So they have to try to whip up uh, a, a personality contest 
yet again. Yes, and, and Biden's he's got a stellar personality too. It's amazing. I think try, try to lead the party there. I mean, that's why they kept him in his basement in 2020. Uh, you stay yeah. here. <laughs> we'll do the rest of the work, dirty work. And um, just hope that he doesn't tell one of those. Might be in your future. Just tell one of those corn pop stories or uh, uh, making up stories from yesteryear of, of things that never even happened. Man, All right, hey. listen, we could go on about this for many more minutes, but I wanted to ask uh, you, uh, Abe, as a attorney, uh, your thoughts on the story Fred's. Uh, going to mention to you. Go ahead, Fred, set this up. Yeah, yesterday was the first day of the trial for Michael Sussman. Uh, he's accused of misleading the FBI. Uh, he went to the FBI in September 2016, a couple of months before the election of 2016. And he said, hey, I've got, I've got some interesting information here that, that links Donald Trump with the Russians. And he's getting help from the Russians. So he met with the FBI, this guy? And that, what was this guy's credentials? How did he even get an a, a audience well, with he the used FBI? To, he used to be a prosecutor. So he was well-known in FBI circles. So he was friends with some of the FBI agents? Yeah, Is that right? So he and goes, he specifically met with, he met with the general counsel for the FBI. He met yes. with an attorney counterpart, Jim Baker. To, to say what? I got, the good, I got some goods on... A uh, double tri- but he left out a piece of information. He did. He said, I, "I'm not here on any uh, on behalf of any particular client." Well, it's just a patriotic American. I'm friend. just here because I, I love it's America. Right. I just love yeah. America. I'm so Never love America. Never mind that I'm cashing. Never mind that I'm cashing checks from <laughs> Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, I, mean, I forgot to tell you about that. So, Michael Sussman, <laughs> his trial. He's lying to the FBI. This is going to be an interesting one. This is the first one. Is this the Durham? Is this the Durham investigation? This is the Durham investigation, yes. which is the eternal investigation. Yes, but it might got, be through by the time our great grandchildren. I didn't have any gray hair when this investigation know, right? started. All right, what about all this? Abe, <laughs> hey, go ahead. Yeah, I, this and this also, you may recall, back in February, uh, Durham filed the conflict of interest pleading. February where, what year? <laughs> this year. <laughs> right. February 2022. Uh, where one. he filed the conflict of interest pleading because he, he required Sussman to go on the record in the court to say that he's OK with the attorneys representing him who also represent people who Durham notified the court may very well end up being being charged or indicted in the same matter. Um, it seems pretty clear if the evidence holds as Mr. Durham has represented in his prior prior pleadings that Mr. Sussman will be convicted. It seems to me Sussman is continuing on with his trial because, and this is just me kind of reading between the lines, uh, John Durham wasn't willing to offer Sussman a plea deal unless Sussman rolled on the people who he was working for. Sussman to date seems unwilling to do that, hence this case going to trial because the evidence seems pretty clear. There's even uh, text message evidence to where uh, Sussman said the exact same thing Fred just said that Sussman said to Jim Baker in a text message saying, oh, I'm not working for anybody. This is just because, you know, I just want to help out the bureau. That's what he said. I just want to help out the bureau. So it seems pretty clear that he's going to be convicted on that. The defense to date, based on their opening statements, are trying to argue, well, it was well known 
that Sussman worked for all kinds of Democrat Party clients. And so to say that he went to the FBI specifically because uh, the, the Clinton campaign wanted him to do so, that isn't what happened. He did genuinely just want to help out the FBI, even if it turns out the information that he had proved to be inaccurate. But he didn't but, intentionally seek to mislead. So that's the defense that they say. Fred, didn't an FBI agent uh, yeah. testify yesterday? Oh, yes. What, uh, what happened yes. there? The an FBI agent uh, said took the stand yesterday, <laughs> said it took him and another agent less than a day to determine the allegation about former President Donald Trump having ties to a Russian financial institution was false and pushed by Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman. So I guess, Abe, uh, the picture I got from that was these are lower-level FBI agents who said they looked at this stuff that Sussman brought into the FBI office and said, there's nothing credible here whatsoever. But is yeah, that... But Go ahead. But unfor- but how the trial, though, is not based on whether or not the information he provided was true or not. The trial mm-hmm. is whether or not he lied regarding what was his motive for sharing the information. Yes. And so the, the, the trial is that lying to the FBI, not whether or not the information he presented was true or not, which, again, it seems in this well, it seems to always happen with the, the Clinton crime family, the, the crime syndicate. They seem to be very always have these loyal sycophants that are willing to take the fall, you know, and well, it, all right. it, it, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, then we'll let you go, Abe. Uh, we're speaking broadly and generally now, and we're not, uh, I don't want to, uh, aside from the legal minutia of, of this trial, <clears throat> and I'm going to say things that we all know, so get ready for Shazam <laughs> to borrow from, to borrow from uh, Gomer, Gomer Powell. Mm-hmm. What you got going on, what you, what you had going on in 2016 prior to the election and after the election of Donald Trump, Abe, you had the deep state in Washington, D.C. at the Department of Justice, the FBI, at the top levels. They wanted to thwart Donald Trump. They wanted to bring him down. They wanted to cut him off at the knees. Uh, and 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 they used the flimsiest of, of quote, evidence that we're talking about right now as a uh, – as a uh, what am I saying? As a reason, that's not the word I'm looking for, as a pretense to do all kind of a spying and and questioning and investigations, get Michael Flynn out, uh, all, all, all these things. So to, to accuse Donald Trump of being somehow a puppet of, of Russia, all this stuff. Uh, so isn't that what happened? Yes, that's absolutely what happened. Okay. And, and okay. Yeah. It was politically motivated, and the connections are being made by Durham now, connections that a lot of people already knew existed anyway, but Durham's tried to nail down how this all went about. And um, you called them the Clinton Criminals Crime Syndicate. What you call it, Abe? Yeah, so, the Clinton Crime Syndicate. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see where this goes. I, I'm not too impressed, quite frankly, with John Durham's timeliness. He ta- he's taken. <laughs> now, I'm not. You've been involved in prosecuting cases, and I mean, you've never been a special prosecutor slash counselor, Abe. I know, but good night. Come on, man. Yeah. We're talking. Are we talking two, three years now? 
Yeah, it's been it's been several years. It's it has been several. I mean, years. at least no, two. He's gonna he's about to top Robert Mueller <laughs> in terms of length of. I mean, we're but at least we're not getting know, leaks like we did with the Mueller investigation. No leaks and no new media coverage for his investigation all over ABC, NBC, That's CBS. True. That's right. Well, MSNBC. to his yes, to his defense, uh, talking about to use a lawyerly term, uh, Mueller. I mean, excuse me, a Durham. He is uh, he gets zero cooperation from the people he's investigating, and in fact, they stall, delay, and ops, uh, obfuscate. Uh, what am, what obfuscate? What Abe just said right yeah. there. Uh, so I mean, he has to subpoena and then subpoena again. So all these people, they're not going to cooperate when you're trying to send them to jail. <laughs> okay, so yeah. uh, that's that's what he's facing here, and uh, so. All right, Abe, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to hearing your show this afternoon. What's going to be your top topic? I'm, I'm debating about going into a little bit more detail on the Sussman trial. I think that's critically important in terms of getting a better understanding because it's a lot of moving parts, and it, and it includes the components of his investigation that revealed that this pretense was used to spy on the White House while you have a sitting president, which I find to be a very – an, an egregious and egregious breach. Then you also have the issue with, as you uh, so wonderfully described, the Hunter Biden laptop from Hades and how there is a concerted effort now because they're finally admitting that this, the laptop story is true. The contents of it is true. But the media is working overtime to distance Joe Biden from Hunter Biden, which is an impossible task if you actually follow the evidence. But of course, we know. Goebbels Inc. is not interested hey, in following the evidence. One other question, Abe. I know I was told we was going to let you go, but I got one. Just your, your, I haven't even tipped you off. I was going to ask you this, but I'm curious your thoughts. The two wealthiest men in the world, Elon <laughs> Musk and Jeff Bezos, are both at odds with the White House and the Democrats. And these guys are, uh, I wouldn't say they're wacky liberal, but they're, they're uh, they're liberals in many respects. Talking about Musk and uh, and Bezos, what, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it demonstrates the the growing rift and drift of the Democrat Party away from even classical liberalism in the country. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Elon Musk. You might not want to call him a wacky liberal, but he is a liberal. People try to say he's more libertarian. That that's not really the case. He's he started Tesla because he's a climate extremist. He started. That's the reason why he started it. And Jeff Bezos has been a committed liberal for quite some time. But it's showing that even liberals are are far afield from where the current Democratic Party and the current occupant of the Oval Office is on policy matters. So much so that they're willing to come out publicly and, and state that. And I think that rift uh, is high, showing it at the uber billionaire level. The reality of the rift that's happening on the ground, which is why I think you'll see uh, massive changes in the midterm elections what's going to be interesting to watch in the next year is what happens to the democrat party because they could collapse they really could now i've said this the republicans there have been times when they've been in a similar situation but they're these far left ideologues they're not compromisers nope and they they viewed themselves as compromising already with pelosi and uh Schumer and Biden and, the, and those who are traditional yeah. Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're left. Don't get wrong, but they're not uh, communist left. In the at least that's not their history. They've been uh, just more traditional liberals. 
But there is a war coming. There is a war now going on uh, inside the Democrat Party. Who is going to control the future and who the leaders are going to be? And I'm telling you, it, it could uh, splinter. Sure. Mm-hmm. It could splinter because uh, uh, these 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 left-wing nuts, they're just, politically speaking, they just soon blow themselves up mm-hmm. uh, as, as compromised with Joe Manchin, for example. Right. To so, your point, uh, th- hey, thank Talib. you. Hey, take care, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Um, thank see you. Bye bye. Go, go ahead. To your point, Rashida Talib, one of the members of the squad, uh, delivered a response this year to President Biden's State of the Union. Yes. So the face yeah. of the party yeah. gave a State no. of the Union, and then you felt you needed to have your own time. There, 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 as I say, there's a war going. There's always infighting in all in in both the Republican and the Democrat Party. Uh, you see it between McConnell and Trump, for example. So there's always that kind of thing going on. But the, but the, if the Democrats get wiped out in November, then the uh, far lefties are going to say, "Look, we got to go even far more further left to be able to get more voters." I don't mm-hmm. think that's correct, but that's what they're going to argue. Do you think we get to the point of a third party? In this country, you could you could get a uh, I, I I don't think a third party. Uh, I've always advocated against that as far as the Republicans go, because I think a third party and whether this is on the Democrat or the Republican side would just harm your chances to ever being in the majority again. True. It's better to me to fight within a the Republican or Democrat structure than to splinter off and, and therefore give, uh, in this case would give the, if the Democrats splinter off, it's going to give the Republicans a huge advantage going forward. But wouldn't you say the Democrat party has already surrendered to the left? I mean, I I agree with you on that. They're, they're, uh, extreme pro-abortion, their green plan, uh, the what the border this is this yeah. this is all bernie sanders aoc yeah philosophy no, i agree with you so i i i'm just, i'm thinking the democratic party i'll say at the very least is in the process of surrendering to the far far left yeah what happened there i think was when biden you remember biden was like fifth in the democratic primary Mm-hmm. Uh, after Iowa, and uh, I mean, it was it yep. was looking like he was getting ready to get out of the race. Mm-hmm. And Kamala Harris was worse, seventh. Only only three percent of Democrat primary voters, I think I got this right, voted for Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all knew she was a horrible candidate. So, but what happened was the Democrat um, power brokers saw what was happening that nobody could beat Donald Trump except Joe Biden. They figured that out about what uh, a month or two into the primary season mm-hmm. and Biden was lagging way behind. And they said, look, he's the only one that has a chance, even with the pandemic going on to beat president Trump. Uh, so we've got to, we've got to put him at the top of the ticket uh, you might say, well, why did they think that? Well, because of his experience and his name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the big thing. Uh, he had had eight years as VP and so forth. Uh, so uh, 
all the rest of them folded their tents. You remember that? And mm-hmm. But Bernie Sanders, he was on fire. But even he folded his tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was giving Biden all he wanted uh, and was leading in, in a lot of the polls. To your point, Fred, about the Democrat Party having a lot of uber lefties, Bernie Sanders showed that, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, so, so they all said, okay, uh, Bernie Sanders and ALC, uh, all right, we'll get behind Biden, even though we don't like his, him. If you'll promise us when he gets into the White House, you give us everything we want. And that's what's happened. Yes. That's why they've gone yes. whacked out left on open borders, killing the oil and gas industry, which is making prices of, of, at the pump go soaring. Uh, uh, all these problems, economically in particular, are caused because Biden said, whatever you want, mm-hmm. as long as I get to be the pres- uh, presidential candidate, I'll give you guys and ladies mm-hmm. and other, right, in the Democrat Party. Right. <laughs> yeah. Huh? They, mm-hmm. Any, anything you want, you just tell me what you want when I get in there, as long as you get behind me yep. as I run against Donald Trump. Yep. So that's what happened. We got one minute. What do you got, Chris? You got any? Yeah, let's mention this real quick. Uh, there's a lawsuit. Is it a good news story, Chris? Um, is it neutral? Well, it's something it... people need to be aware of. Okay. Uh, one of the things that liberals have been pushing is this Equality Act, which would do away with the Religious Freedom Restoration yeah, Act. it's not going anywhere. Uh, and uh, Alaska Airlines put out some information recently saying we're going to support this, but people are to welcome in talking to employees a couple of employees did share their two okay. cents over the equality act and the alaska well, airline support of it and they I were didn't fired. understand a word you said but you forced it in there like a good news man yes <laughs> well i would boycott alaska airlines but there are no flights into tupelo <laughs> that i'm Not aware yet. of no uh alaska so is alaska airlines doing something yeah bad they're there? being sued for religious discrimination for firing two people who say they were opposed to the company's support for the equality act which is a liberal policy that seeks to do away with a lot of religious freedom language all right thank you chris thank for you. your contributions to this hour fred now shall return with the uh, with steve jordahl momentarily Stay with us. the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the american family association or american family radio